I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted 2.0. All right, time for a listener mailbag show. I have not done one of these in a long time. Uh, and it's time. <laughs> so I had to look back. This is number 15. So this is my 15th version of a listener mailbag show. What is a listener mailbag show? Well, at the end of every episode, I do what? Several things. But I give out ways to message me. So if you have questions, comments, uh, this is where I answer them. Oftentimes, I'll answer them as well directly. But I love uh, saving the answers and then reaching back out to you and saying, listen to this episode, and, and I answer it. Uh, and so if you haven't listened, Tom H. Fit is Instagram. Tom H. Fit is Twitter. Those are two ways people uh, can and do send me messages. You can go to teamholland.com, email me through the site, uh, or fitnessdisrupted.com, same website, uh, bring you to the same place. It's kind of, it's kind of challenging to me at uh, 53 and trying to just dial back the electronics you know, the social media, there's so many places <laughs> and I love it. Listen, one of my favorite things about what I do is hearing from people who have been successful. If I just threw it out there and never got feedback, it'd be really challenging. And that's why it was amazing when I was a trainer for so many years and a group fitness instructor for so many years, that immediate, the immediacy of working with people. Uh, and which is why I always have kind of one foot in all of those uh, worlds because I never want to lose that, right? But podcasts an amazing way uh, to control the message in this crazy world. But yeah, so I need to like check my Gmail and check my website, you know, um, emails from there and direct messages. And I, I think when I first opened up like Instagram or Twitter, my account, I didn't know that you could message through there. <laughs> when I figured it out, there were a lot of messages to get to. Uh, but this is the way, all right? Uh, we got some great questions, protein, running. Uh, one of the best questions about kind of muscle confusion. Uh, one of, just amazing. All these questions are great, but you will all benefit from all these questions, even if you're not a runner. The answers um, will apply to so many different things in your world as far as exercise and nutrition as well. So uh, no matter the question, there's going to be something there for you. But I, I saved the um, the one I'm talking about till the end because it's just so good. It's not going to be a long episode. Uh, I'm shortening these as well. I get it. <laughs> I used to do an hour. Now it's a half hour, plus or minus. Interviews will be a, bit, a little bit longer, but uh, I get it. Everyone, it's just, you know. A, it's a faster world. Um, but let me just say, finally, you know, you see all of these fitness gurus saying how bad, well, some saying, you know, get off social media. And where do you read that? It's social media. And you look at their like Twitter accounts and they're tweeting every 20 minutes. <laughs> I truly am. Uh, you know, it's about quality of life and it's not just what we consume as far as food that is so important, but what we consume cognitively, yeah, really important. Let's get right to it. Listener mailbag number 15, uh, first, uh, first message, I think this was through, I think it was through the website. Tom, you're the man, thank you very much. Long time listener, first time caller, you are to the point, 
Cut the bull sign. Your to the point. Cut the bull scientific approach to fitness is refreshing and needed. It's such a shame the opposite is happening more and more in all walks of life. I concur, uh, and I love this. Thank you for this. It's not an understatement when I say your podcast has helped me so much in life, and not just regarding fitness, but attitude towards many things. Thank you for that. And I don't always read this part. I usually get right to the question, but that is just what I'm working towards here. It's not just about fitness. It's not just about exercise and nutrition. You know, the races I do, uh, the information I put out there, it's all connected. It's all connected. It's so important to say that. Uh, He goes on, so I thought I'd reach out and ask a few questions, maybe a good thing to cover on an episode. As I am getting more and more into my fitness, I'm constantly being told to consume more protein. And then he has four questions. Let me just say this before, uh, and I'm going to answer all of them, obviously. Uh, I, if you go back, so it's confusing. I have two feeds, right? I had the original show fitness disrupted now fitness disrupted 2.0. I have a bunch of shows on protein. So that is a resource. Definitely go there and check those out if you haven't already. So fitness disrupted, listen to those, you know, just Google fitness disrupted protein and get a bunch of great shows. Uh, But let's just answer these directly. Uh, And they're great questions for everybody. Uh, Question number one of four, as somewhat of a beginner, I'm wondering uh, what effects, if any, will protein powder have on my body? Such a great question. And I think the operative word here for this listener is powder, right? Uh, And the short answer is positive. And I always start by saying, I want real food first. Real food first. My first meal of the day today. And by the way, I'm going to be posting so much more. I just said I'm not going to be doing social media. I'm cutting back. But I have to do some. I have to do some. But what I'm doing now is just posting what I do. So if you want my results, if you think you can learn from what I do, uh, that's going to be on my Instagram and, and Twitter feeds and things like that. So today, I'm going to be posting my five meals that I had today. Uh, and I started with a uh, eggs and turkey uh, spinach on a whole wheat wrap. All right, with some supplements, that's gonna be there, the supplements I take in the morning. Uh, And yeah, so that's gonna be on uh, Instagram. But real food first, right? Eggs, uh, lean sources of protein, whether it's chicken, fish, you can be vegan, tofu, uh, nuts and seeds, things like that. Uh, But that first, and then Protein is a supplement, one of my top four supplements. So protein powder will have a positive effect on your body. Uh, I don't think he said, what's the next, uh, one of the other uh, questions say how old uh, they are. Uh, But as we get older, sarcopenia is so deleterious to our bodies. That is losing muscle. Losing muscle as we age is one of the primary reasons so many bad things happen. Uh, We can't do what we want to do. We get injured. We get heavier because our metabolism slow down. So we want to preserve muscle mass as much as possible. We can't usually get in as much protein as we should. Roughly half your body weight in grams per day. Generally speaking, a little bit more than that for most active people. So if you're 150 pounds, that's 75 grams of protein. Ideally spread out. Uh, throughout the day, I know there's some studies and people saying you don't have to, of course you don't have to, but I don't want to consume 75 grams of protein in one sitting. That's kind of um, (laughs) difficult, not difficult to do, but GI wise, not always the best idea. And we can talk about how much your body can absorb, whatever. You know, those, those are discussions, by the way, 
why don't we just spread it out, <laughs> right? Isn't it easier to get 10 to 30 or 40 grams of protein in uh, per meal? And then you're going to be satiated. So we can start talking about those things that really matter. Um, so protein powder for me are, it's, it's one to two times a day. So I will have the breakfast I described, something to that effect, right? So oftentimes it's oatmeal with chia and blueberries and then three hard-boiled eggs or something like that. Then the second meal is a protein shake with a powder and the fourth meal, generally speaking, is protein shake with a powder. And then sometimes it's right before bed. I generally don't have three. Uh, back when I was bodybuilding, I probably did. That was a long time ago. Um, but it's generally three meals for me, three to four meals of quote-unquote real food, and then one to two protein shakes. So protein powder is going to help you build muscle. Uh, it's going to help you uh, preserve that muscle also as we age. So that's a good thing. And it's going to add to satiety, as I said. That's feeling of fullness, right? So it's generally going to be a positive. Uh, there's still myths out there about protein powders, uh, and you still have to exercise and do all the other things I described, right? Uh, but it's going to have, generally speaking, a positive um, impact on your body. Uh, number two, how much exercise is needed to make it effective? I love that question because so many people think that, you know, there's one thing that's the magic bullet. You still have to exercise, right? You still have to lift weights to build more muscle. You can drink as many protein shakes as you want. And I've had people I know, clients, you know, who have focused more on that rather than being consistent with their exercise. Uh, there's no quick answer to that. And exercise, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to define it as strength training, right? Cardio, uh, more about, you know, heart health, things like that, burning calories and all the positive cognitive effects we get from um, cardio exercise. But if we're talking protein powders, we're generally speaking resistance training. So ideally, at a minimum, two to three full body workouts per week, right? So Monday, Wednesday, Friday is great full body workouts. Uh, major muscle groups, uh, with good form, going to failure, all those things I talk about so frequently, right? So two to three times a week for strength training, hitting all of the major muscle groups for your upper body, that's chest, back, shoulders, biceps, triceps, and then for your legs, you know, it's the front, the back, the glutes, the calves, uh, and there's a couple other, but those are the major ones, squats, lunges, things like that. Okay, so uh, two to three. And if you can do more and, and, you know, you can do it throughout the day. It doesn't have to be a single session per day. It can be shorter workouts done throughout the day, which is my book, The Micro Workout Plan. That's what it focuses on. Uh, but uh, you can also go five days a week and just split up your routine differently. Great question. Are protein shakes the way to go? Uh, I did a podcast, one of the ones I just uh, mentioned earlier. There's protein shakes, right? There's protein bars, uh, and we talk protein shakes. There's pre-made, which I buy for my two boys because um, that's easy and simple. And sometimes that's the grab and go type thing. My, <laughs> this is great. My 16 year old really getting into working out, hockey player, a bunch of other sports as well. He's now drinking those. He's also making his own, which I love. Last night we had no bananas. He said, dad, can you call a neighbor and ask for a banana uh, so I can make a protein shake? And I did. And it was so fun to walk across the street and uh, say to this neighbor, hey, you know, thanks for the banana. I texted her. Uh, my 16-year-old's making a protein shake. So you've got the powders where you can control it and put those powders into the protein shake. Um, you've got bars. 
couple other ways, but those are the two main ways. So pre-done, if you want just complete convenience and you can grab it, take it in the car, things like that. Um, I hand those, have been handing those to my boys after, you know, working out their sports and things like that as recovery. Um, and I've been taking those for many, many years. You know, I just did a, a post where I even surprised myself what I forget. I've done a lot of racing. And I it was doing a fallback Friday, a 302 marathon I ran at the Hamptons Marathon many years ago. I forgot. Uh, and I posted that because I was fourth place. Was the only time I could potentially have won a tiny bit of money. And that was uh, three deep. So first through third place got money. I was fourth, five seconds off of third place. So out of the money. But when I thought back, and this was way back in 2007. So I ran a 302. Two weeks prior to that, I ran the fastest marathon I ever had and won a small one, 254. Three weeks prior to that, I did an Ironman in 1033. And I was at age 38. And I bring that up, yeah, yeah like, it, it, you know, you get these questions frequently. I do. How often can you race? It totally depends. But one of the things I was doing back then is I would literally have a protein shake ready to go in my bag that I would pack for right after the event. So when I finished that Ironman, I was refueling immediately. Those little things make all the difference when you're doing something as uh, you know, strenuous as two marathons and an Ironman in five weeks. Uh, so are protein shakes the way to go? Real food first, protein shake second. And then you're going to find the one you like, the flavor you like. That's what's most important. Not what kind, whey protein, pea protein, you know, hemp protein, whatever you're going to enjoy. That's what's most important. All right. And his final question is, if so, how often, how much? So I've kind of answered that. But again, one a day is not a bad way to start. Again, real food first and then one protein shake a day. Uh, you're trying to get half your body weight in grams of protein per day. Drinks, you know, pre-made drinks generally have anywhere from, you know, the low end is around 10. Should be anything less than that, you know. Uh, as my son said, is this even milk? I mean, how can it have two grams of protein in this quote unquote milk uh, drink? Uh, so 10 to 40, you know, the higher end, you can get 50 and things like that, but 10 to 40, I try to do like 20 to 30, 20 to 30 grams, sometimes 40 um, per serving. And so again, you can do them as uh, your second, if you're doing five to six meals a day, real food for breakfast, protein shake, you have lunch, which for me is like salad and a protein source. Then this one's really important, by the way, for so many people. When you have that protein shake, and I generally have a banana with it or something like that, some additional carbs, um, that's where the wheels fall off or when. People skip breakfast. They don't really eat well in the morning. And then 2, 3 o'clock, uh, they're ravenous. And so if you've done what I just described and then you have that second protein shake uh, at like 2 or 3, you're just setting yourself up for success vast majority of people consume the vast majority of their calories at night because they have not done well during the day. If you do what I just described, and, and you don't have to be perfect. I'm not perfect. And you're going to see more and more of that on Instagram. I also, you know, post my races where things go horrifically wrong. Uh, you know, I'm an experiment of one. Um, but that just is going to set yourself up. So you're not going to be consuming 5,000 calories at night or 3,000 calories at night. Okay. So uh, at least roughly one a day and you can do two. Um, that's 
That's kind of the world I live in. One to two protein shakes per day. All right. And he signs that. I love this. The Irishman in Amsterdam. Uh, I always keep you anonymous. Know that when you reach out so you can feel comfortable reaching out. All right. Here's a quick two-parter uh, about running. This is someone who bought my book, The Marathon Method. That came out a long time ago. It's my second book. Uh, but all the information and training plans are still relevant. Uh, just some of the products that I mentioned might not be around today. Uh, but again, um, this person is doing their first marathon. I love it. And they reached out to me several times and I'm answering those questions. I actually answered those directly because they were time uh, sensitive. Uh, but here we go. First one. Hey, Tom, love the podcast and micro workout book. Um, oh, no, I got ahead of myself. Did I? Yeah. Well, I'll, let me get to that one. Uh, hold on. I got to Okay. Uh, hi, Tom. Quick question. I'm due to run my 20 mile run Sunday, but we'll end up doing it tomorrow due to weather uh, this weekend. I'm due to run seven miles today, but since I have my long run tomorrow, should I just maybe do three or not uh, or just skip it for today? Thanks. Uh, since it's my last long run before my taper starts, I want to do it right. Again, I don't care if you're a runner. This is what's so important about a plan. And this is what's so difficult about writing those types of books. For me, not all authors, but life's going to get in the way and things are going to change. And so this is where it's difficult when you are following a plan and don't have a coach who can modify based on, on life and how you feel and injuries and things like that. But there's a time to just skip workouts. And so for this person, the simple, easy answer, and it's not always that way, but they were doing their longest run for the marathon, 20 miler. And they're moving it up because of life. And there's a seven mile on that plan. And there's a lot of people who do that seven miler. Now, it depends on your goals and your fitness level. But for this person, oh my gosh, it's do nothing. <laughs> do nothing. Get your body rest up for that 20. And it's going to be interesting because his... Second question is about that 20 and how it went, all right? But the point is you're following a plan. you got to make those modifications. And I oftentimes want to look at it in a seven-day cycle. So if you move things around, sometimes you can get everything in. You just have to move days. But for this one, since it's such a long workout, there's no reason. And actually, it would have made <laughs> the 20-miler, again, that you're going to hear about in a second, um, they wouldn't have benefited from it as much. They wouldn't have had a, a, a good workout and it was a challenging workout to begin with, um, but there's a time and a place to just let it go. Skip that workout. Focus on what's, what's the primary one, right? In that week and the buildup to that 20 miler, that is everything. So we want them to get that in. That is such an important, if not the most, one of the most important workouts, right? If you want to distill it down to one, I mean, they're all important in a marathon training plan, but yeah, do nothing. And they were happy to, to get that advice. All right, question number two, same person right after that 20 miler. This is kind of fun. Can uh, see someone's training. Just back from my 20 mile run, it was the worst run yet. Due to my recent snow, our sand roads were mushy and slippery, so uh, went a new route. Asked a local farmer which roads were the most dry and went the way he suggested. They were pretty dry, but from mile 9 through 13, it was mostly climbs, very little descent. I had an issue with the outside of my right knee last year while training for my half marathon, but only on the hilly portion. I've not had one issue during my marathon training this time until today. The last 10 miles, I felt like I was having to drag my leg so stiff and uh, 
drag my leg, it gets so stiff and hurt. The sands on the road were a little deeper than normal, so that made it more challenging, but I finally made it just frustrated and I mostly had to walk the last two miles. My 18 mile run was great. Wish this one had gone as well. Hopefully I can do the full 26. Doubt is starting to creep in. I've tried so hard to stick with the training plan and I'm just upset the pain got to me. It's going to sound crazy, but like that is that, that paragraph right there, that's marathon training and that's training in general. And as a coach, this is exactly what 99% of people who are doing their first marathon experience. There's so much in that paragraph. And the bottom line is I'm, I am so excited for him. He did the hardest thing. That 20 miler for just about everyone is horrible. If you trained in New York City back when I did, they have a 20 mile training run, it's three loops around Central Park. I did it a bunch of times. I did it with my uh, girlfriend at the time, now wife. And long story short, we were running together. We got uh, to mile 12, so we were finishing up the second loop, and she said, go on with it. It was like, it's in the middle of summer, it's brutal, it's mentally hard, it's just horrific. And she said, go ahead. Now, we all know who have significant others, I'm thinking, does she want me to go ahead? Is she going to get angry if I go ahead? If I don't go, I went ahead. (laughs) And I said, I'll see you at the finish. Because I know I knew enough uh, about her and about working with clients. But the bottom line was she finished and the marathon wasn't, I'm not going to say half as hard, but it's different. So what I said to this person and will say now is the work is done. The hay is in the barn. And you actually want, this sounds crazy, remember Do Hard Things, the book, interview. Um, this is what we want because and as crazy as it sounds, the harder that training run, the easier your marathon's gonna be, your event is gonna be. And the person finished, they didn't quit. They walked the last two miles. Guess what, on race day, after you rested and you taper correctly, and there's a, there's a crowd and you're running with thousands of people depending on the race you do. This run is going to make all of the training and that day amazing. I've been there well over 100 times. 80 plus marathons, ultra marathons, over 20, what was it, around 26 Ironmans. So many races. I have all the experience. I've made all the mistakes. Okay, so that's what I said to this person. I mean, and and look, they had to change it. That's a huge part of training, right? Had to move the first, uh, the 20 miler, move that up to begin with. Then had to change the route, hills, pain. And I know it sounds crazy, but then I said, you know, they have a three week taper, which is where you rest. You do less each week. And that's that gets really hard for people, by the way. Because you start to get angry. You've been training so much. You want that exercise. I say this to my wife every time I'm training for a race. Actually, I don't have to anymore. But I used to say, like, I'm going to probably be a little less happy these last three weeks coming up to the race because you're resting and you don't want to. (laughs) But that person is going to have an amazing marathon. I know it. Listen to hills and sand and, and, you know, a different route and frustration and walking. And this is the final, to put a point on this, you got to trust your training and you got you to gotta rest. You can't 
cram for it. There are people, many, who will go out and do another 20 or another long training run or do too much the last three weeks. You got to trust all that training. And that's why I tell people, you know, ideally they keep a record, a log, whether it's in a you know, pen and pencil or paper, old school or Excel chart or an app because we forget how much we did. And so one thing I, you know, say uh, in my books and tell clients when I train them is the night before the race, you look back at all that training and you remind yourself, oh my gosh, remember that 18 mile I did? Remember that 20 mile I did? And again, this goes for all of you training for anything, including life. You know, the toughest times builds that self-efficacy so that when a little daily, you know, annoyance pops up, it's not a big deal. And the harder the things you do, the bigger deals <laughs> that happen during daily life are just not big deals. And that's why we want to do hard things. All right. Oh, such a great question. All right. Um, here we go. This is the one. No, we're going to back up. Uh, bah, 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 bah. The one I read uh, too soon. Hey, Tom, love the podcast and the micro workout book. Uh, that is my most recent book for those who don't know, The Micro Workout Plan. Your approach to diet and training is exactly what I need. Which swimming media player setup do you recommend for listening to podcasts and music during pool workouts? Thanks. Uh, this is such a great question. I talk about how. Uh, swimming is my least favorite of the three disciplines in triathlon. I started doing triathlon because for many reasons, it, had, it gave me a goal, gave me a reason to travel the world, uh, made me do hard things, and it made me swim, <laughs> which uh, I call a means to keep from drowning. To all you swimmers out there, I love you and I get it, uh, but I'm, uh, it's a means to keep from drowning. <laughs> and you know, I understand the people who tell me they hate running, and some of those are swimmers. I go, I get it. I don't like swimming the same way you don't like running. And we all have the things we love. But my point is, when they finally came out with a waterproof iPod shuffle that had great headphones, changed my life. Because then I'm getting in the pool and I'm putting on my favorite playlist and suddenly I can swim for an hour. And there's like these hardcore swimmers, the guys I, and ladies that I, you know, compete with and against uh, Hawaiian play like they're swimming like two three hours a day many of these it, it, that to me is torture but uh, I have not purchased one in a long time so that's my answer the last one I had was a waterproof iPod shuffle and you could either buy it from the website buy a, a already waterproofed iPod shuffle and it's the headphones by the way that are are the big uh, change today but now they have ones that like sit on your cheekbones and do some crazy things um, so I, I don't have a great answer for you because I have not purchased one in a while and I'm sure there are better ones. Um, but the one I had, I don't know if they still exist. It was, I mean, if you Google waterproof iPod shuffle, uh, because it was so great, you clipped the iPod shuffle to either your swim cap or your goggles, just the side, and it sat right there and then you tucked the headphones uh, into your swim cap and like, oh my gosh, was it life-changing for me. And the scary thing was, and well, I'm not going to admit, <laughs> I'm not going to admit about open water swims, uh, but it's safe, safe in a pool, right? So uh, you get in that pool, you put on your favorite mix and you swim or listen to a podcast, as this person said, uh, I apologize. They don't have like the latest, greatest I normally do, uh, but I haven't had to purchase one in a long time. Um, but the one I have 
is a waterproof iPod Shuffle. And again, you could actually send this company your, if you owned an iPod Shuffle, which they don't make anymore, um, but you can get anything on eBay today, uh, you could send them yours and they would waterproof it for you. So that was kind of cool. All right, so I apologize, but that's what I used. Uh, haven't done it in a while or purchased one. All right, uh, final question. This lasted longer than I thought. And then I have one comment from someone. Uh, this is the one I love, love, love them all, but this one, I, just amazing. Hey, Tom, question for you, if you don't mind. First of all, I'm 48 years old and want to look better, feel better, live longer. Heard that before, right? Love it. Not a competitive athlete. I like to do different exercises every workout. So if I work chest, I might do three sets of push-ups and three sets of dumbbell flies. Awesome. Next week, I work chest. I might do three sets of wide push-ups and three sets of resistance band flies. This keeps me from getting bored. However, it's almost impossible to tell if I'm getting stronger because I'm constantly switching exercises. Part of me thinks do whatever exercises I want and focus on the quality of the rep and get as close to technical failure as possible. The exercise doesn't really matter. I, I gotta stop for a second, I'm gonna come back there. Another part of me thinks keep the exercises the same, track weight, sets, reps, tempo, etc. so to ensure I'm making progress. What are your thoughts? Thank you. This is one, they're, again, they're all amazing questions, but this one, thank you so much. Uh, again, I don't give out names, uh, but you know who you are. This is one of the greatest questions, and I'm going to read that sentence again. And I, I, I'm going to have to reach out to this person because I'm going to have to work this into a book at some point, soon. Do whatever exercises I want and focus on the quality of the rep and get as close to technical failure as possible. The exercise doesn't really matter. Now, obviously, I want to say, because I can hear some of my philosophy and wording in here, um, they're listening to the podcast, I think, especially look better, feel better, live longer, use that very frequently, but you got to figure it out so perfectly. So when you say, another part of you thinks, keep the exercises the same, track weight, sets, reps, template to ensure you're making progress. First and foremost, if you're doing it, if you're doing what you just said, which I love, focus on the quality of the rep and get as close to technical failure as possible, guess what? You're getting stronger. There's no question. If you are consistent and you are challenging yourself, use those two C's, consistent challenging yourself, you even threw in the quality of the rep, it makes me so happy. You know, I get worked up sometimes, oftentimes when I get kind of, I don't want to say angry, because, but you know what I'm talking about if you've listened to my part. part. This is one of those times I get excited and worked up in, a, in, in you stress, <laughs> which is a good stress. Makes me so happy. You are doing what you want to do. So let's go back. Do you want to? So he said um, to keep the exercise. Should I keep the exercises the same? Track weight sets, reps, tempo. No. There are some people who love that. So when I was a trainer, bad coaches do what? They they treat everyone the same. They they motivate people the same. They train them the same if they're doing that. And that is so not the way the world works. You gotta figure out what motivates people, what they want, what gets them excited. I've had clients that had Excel charts. I had a client that, you know, we he wanted me to write out his plan, then we shrunk it down, uh, put it on an index card, and <laughs> laminated it so they could carry it around. My point is, you do what works for you within the parameters that this person outlined. No, why would I tell you to go track the weight, the sets, the reps, and things like that, 
when there's no reason. That's not what you need. That's not what gets you excited. If that does, which doesn't sound like it, of course. But this is such a great example of you're going to have people that tell you have to. That muscle confusion, I, I did a show on that, how people, a bunch of fitness people were saying, um, you know, it's so stupid. You have to stick to something for four weeks, you know, or you're not going to. No. No. It's always a tiny bit of science to it, which is why it's confusing to people when they sound like they're, they know what they're talking about. Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> that's, that's the takeaway. You're crushing it. You have, you have absorbed. You may be so happy because this is a frustrating business, as I've said, especially lately. And we read it one final time. Do whatever exercises. I'm going to reword it in my way now for you. Just change a couple words. Do what exercises you want. Focus on the quality of the rep and get as close to technical failure as possible. The exercise doesn't matter. You got it. You got it. Keep doing that for a lifetime. Makes me so happy. All right, and just one final comment. Makes me happy too. Hi, Team Tom. Just letting you know I'd finished uh, Supreme 90 Day. I did it a decade ago and never finished. I'm so proud of myself for finishing and now starting it over. I'm 57 in the best shape of my life and was a high school swimmer. There you go. See, we're still friends. <laughs> Although after, you know, she hears. Um, <laughs> she knows. Uh, thank you for the inspiration. Best regards and her name. Supreme 90 Day was a 90-day um, program I was hired uh, to lead, uh, audition for, and then got the job as a P90X-style workout. Um, and that is available on my uh, website. T uh, what is it? <laughs> so much going on now. Uh, TomHollandFitness.com. Uh, and you can buy it on eBay now. They sold out a bunch of years ago, and they didn't put it out there. It's great. It's a 90-day program, different workouts, uh, strength, challenging. So this person, 57 you're, you're crushing it too. So congrats. And I put that one out here as well because they didn't finish. They went back to it. And they're starting it over. That's life. It's not linear. Just did that podcast. Life is not linear. You're going to have obstacles. You're going to have time off. It's all good. It's all natural. And it's all going to make you better. You just keep moving forward. All right. Thank you for reaching out again. Tom H. Fit Instagram, Tom H. Fit Twitter. Questions, comments. You can also go to, uh, and again, I'm going to be posting so much, even though that's so much. Every day, <laughs> something. I need content for you. Uh, but uh, that's what people are asking for. So you're going to get it. Um, TeamHolland.com again. You can email me through the site, fitnessdisrupted.com. Please, this is a brand new feed. Subscribe, uh, comment, rate, whatever you can do to support it is greatly appreciated. Uh, that's it. Love to hear from you. Love your success. There is not one way, but I'm going to bring you the best information. And uh, as this person, you know, said, do what exercises you want, focus on the quality of your rep, get as close to technical failure as possible. There's, there's part of, you want to call it secrets, not a secret, but that's the truth. That's the science. So pick the exercises you like and do that. And I guarantee results. Not like these infomercials and products and potions and people who guarantee results that's based on nothing. No the best information so we can all live our best lives. All right. I am Tom Holland. Remember, there are three things we all control, how much we move, what we put into our mouths, and our state of mind, and that is awesome. I want to leave you with Jack Lane. I love this new outro I've been using. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think that's it. So here we go. Have a great day and believe in yourself.
I hope that each and every one of you wonderful people that are listening to Tom's great show will do something for the most important person on this earth, you. 